Welcome to the Palm Harvest Podcast. We are a community in Costa Mesa, California. To know more about us, visit our website, palmharvest.com. To follow along with today's message, download the Palm Harvest app and click on Sermon Notes. Thank you for listening. All right, here comes the countdown. Three, two, one. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Paul Marvis Church and Pastor Mike Decker. Say hello, Pastor Mike. It's good to see all of you. We want to give a shout out to, uh, I'm assuming Kirk Bauermeister is probably watching online. Kirk had hip surgery this week. Did you guys know that? It's good to see uh, Brad here. He's got his cane. He's recovering from hip surgery. Are we in the season of getting hip surgeries, everybody? Is that, is that where we're at in our life these days? Well, let's take a quick poll. I like taking polls, and I want to, this is an honesty poll, so we'll see how you guys do. Uh, With a show of hands, how many of you would consider yourself to be a rule follower? A rule follower, okay? Wow, that's pretty good and pretty impressive. For those tuning online, I expect you to join in as well, rule followers. So let's test it. Let's test that. For those of you who Consider yourself to be a rule follower, and that seems to be the majority of the people here in our audience today. Uh, show of hands uh, for you rule followers, how many of you enjoy driving over the speed limit? <clears throat> okay, so seriously, you're not, clearly you're not rule followers. So let me talk to the honest people in the, in the congregation. <clears throat> Listen, friends, uh, we're all rebels, we're all, we all have a rebellious streak. Some of us maybe have more of a, na- a, a natural inclination to follow the rules and to, to do the right thing. But truth be told, we're all, all rebels. And when we, uh, which is a bad, which is unfortunate, but when we compare our life, our holiness factor, so to speak, up to the standard of Jesus, right? <laughs> uh, you are not going to do, do so well, are we? Because you know, really, when, when you read Scripture, we all fall short of, of God's standard, do we not? We are all rebels. So I want you to, uh, everybody pull out their, their pointer finger, and I want you to turn to the person next to you and just say with emphasis, you are a rebel. <clears throat> now, I like that because, you know why? Because, you know, when you point at somebody, guess what happens? You got three other fingers pointing back at yourself. So we are all rebels, Right? So this is the good news. This is the good news in, in this uh, little quick poll that we've done. In fact, it's our big idea for our conversation today. And that is that God's love targets the rebellious. God's love targets the rebellious. So if you are a rebel and I'm a rebel, that means that God's love is on both of us. God's love targets the rebellious. Now, the reason I I, I say all of this is really to set up the Bible story which we are going to unpack together today. Today, I invite you to look with me at a story, really, that showcases an event that involves a man who was rebellious. Now, it might surprise you to learn uh, that this man in our story is a missionary. He's actually a missionary for God. He's a man who receives a kingdom uh, assignment from God to preach uh, really a a specific message to a specific group of people. 
And the message is to, rip, to warn them to repent of their sins or God's going to punish them. But here's what I want you to notice in our Bible story as we get ready to, uh, to read it. This Bible preacher, this missionary, does not want to deliver God's message because the people to whom he's supposed to preach to are the Babylonians. Now, if you know anything about the Babylonians in biblical times, you know that they were uh, really a, a brutal. They were notorious for their brutality against their, their enemies. The, the Babylonians were infamous for their anti-God lifestyle. They were sinners with a capital S. And so this missionary preacher, he didn't want to deliver this message, God's message, to the Babylonians because he, he really didn't want to tell them about God's love because he understood that there was a small chance that they might repent. And if they were to repent of their, their wrongdoing, this, this preacher, prophet, understood that he knew who, that God's love extends to the rebellious. He knew that if they were to repent of their sins, God would do what? He would forgive them. And this, this prophet, as we're going to see here in, in, in this story, he does not want, basically, he doesn't want God to forgive them. He wants God to crush them because these are a bad people group. And so what he does, rather than obey God, he, because he's re, he himself basically becomes rebellious, and he heads in the opposite, opposite direction. And so if you have a Bible, I want you to turn to the book of Jonah. Uh, it's in the Old Testament. It's kind of a hard book to find. It's, it's what we would call one of the minor prophets. You probably easier look at the concordance or for those of you who have a Bible app, that's probably the easiest way. In my case, I've got these little tabs in my Bible so I can quickly find Jonah. But uh, I'm going give to you, give you a second here and we're going to start reading just a few verses out of Jonah. It's really only three pages in the entire uh, Bible. And in Jonah chapter 1, we're going to be introduced to a missionary prophet who himself is rebellious. And so for all you re rebels in the house and tuning online, we're in good company, okay? So Jonah chapter 1, this is what we read. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. By the way, if you've ever run from God, we can run from God, but we can't hide. Have you experienced that to be true? But if you've ever run from God, just know that you're in good company. Okay, so verse 4. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. Picture that scene in your mind. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. 
Why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, dun, dun, dun. I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this for he had already told them that he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. Now, would you write this down, point number one, in your app note? God calls me to love people who I don't want to love. God calls me to love people who I don't want to love. You know, brothers and sisters, do you have anybody in your life who you would classify as, quote, hard to love? You know, they could be the people in your life who you don't agree with politically. Maybe it's a coworker who you don't get along with, or maybe for some of us, it's an ex-spouse who we were once married to. Maybe when you reflect on the hard-to-love people in your life, you identify or maybe you picture the face of someone who betrayed your trust or maybe violated you in some way. You know, one of the good things and bad things, depending on your perspective about God, is that God's love targets the rebellious. And thus, when we become followers of, of Jesus, when we... Ask God to forgive our hearts as, as rebels and are forgiven by God. God, guess what? He in turn calls us as his followers to love other people. God calls me to love people who I may not want to love. You remember Jesus' words when he hung up on the cross after the Jewish leaders crucified him? What did he say? Jesus, he said, Father, what? Forgive them, right? Forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. God calls me to love people that I don't want to love, which means God calls me to follow his son's example. God calls you to follow his son's example. Well, you say, Pastor Mike, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to love that person who, who, who is my enemy. I know I, know I might be wrong, but, but you don't know what, what they did to hurt me. You don't know what their actions, how their actions scarred me or had, has an impact upon my life. And, and so I'm going to follow Jonah's example, Pastor Mike. I'm going to follow Jonah's example. I'm, when I see my enemy, I'm going to do them a favor and I'm going to go in the opposite direction, right? That's the least I can do. I'm going to hightail it in, away from them, which certainly is one option. But let me give you some good news, point number two. Point number two, and that is God's love outshines my rebellion. God's love outshines my rebellion. Friends, God's love dominates. God's mercy is greater than. You know, fortunately for the Babylonians, as we're going to read here in a second, their sins being forgiven wasn't up to Jonah. You ever think about that? Fortunately for the Babylonians and for really every rebel who has ever walked on the face of the earth, God is the one who forgives the rebel. Somebody say amen to that, right? And his love outshines my rebellion. 
But here's the, here's the weird thing about God. Maybe not a weird thing. Maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. how. Maybe that's whatever choice of word. One of the things that we can see about God when we read his scriptures is that he entrusts his kingdom stuff to rebels like you and me. Think about that. Even though we're a rebel, and maybe my sin, you know, we tend to maybe declassify our sin as less than your sin, right? The people in our lives. God still entrusts his kingdom responsibility, his kingdom invitations to, to you and, and to me. And I don't know about this. I suspect many of you have probably learned, what I have learned is that when God gives you a kingdom assignment, when God nudges you to maybe do something or, or to say something, that things generally go a whole lot better when you submit and do what he asks you to do. You know, and when I think about, the, 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 particularly, I think about God's call in my life. When I was started in high school, I started feeling him calling me into the ministry to be a pastor. And I didn't want to be a pastor. I just didn't want to do it. I didn't want to live in the glass house. I've talked about that before. And, and all the way up until... Like 10 years later, I can remember after I got called to be a pastor here in Costa Mesa, the first week we were living in our house over on the other side of, of, of Costa Mesa, and I was introduced to my neighbor, and, and she said, so what do you do for a living? And I said, I'm a janitor. <laughs> I didn't want her to know I was a pastor. I was still running in that moment, and I had already graduated with two master's degrees. I had been ordained in the ministry. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why are you so rebellious and stubborn? And God has a way of just, he's relentless. And so for those of you who are here, maybe not so much for here, who maybe who are tuning in online, we just want, I just want you to know God's pursuing you. How many of you know what it's like to be pursued? Right? God is relentless. And so for all you rebels in the house and online, when God calls you to love people who you don't want to love, my, my encouragement to you based on personal experience is confess your stubbornness and obey his invitation. Because here's why. God loves to use a rebel to reach a rebel. God loves to use a rebel to reach a rebel. So church, repeat out loud after me. I am... A rebel. And God wants to work through me. Any rebels in the house? Yes. God wants to work through you. And God is going to work through you. So let's keep reading. Okay, let's pick up verse 11. So now they're in the storm. What are they going to do? So this captain's saying, the sailors are afraid. Why are you running away from me? God, why did you do it? They groaned, verse 11. And since the storms were getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them. And they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. Oh, Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. And don't hold us responsible for his death, oh, Lord. You have sent this storm upon him for your own good reason. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea. And the storm stopped at once. 
The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Anybody here ever been swallowed by a fish? You know, what do you think that experience was like? You ever, you ever thought about that? You know, I got to believe it wasn't very pleasant. All that stomach acid, you know, burning your eyes and your skin. Warm. Wet. Smelly, right? Dark. Hard to breathe. Claustrophobic. How long do you think it took Jonah to realize that he had made a mistake? Right? How long before he started having regrets about not obeying God? You know, Jonah found himself in a hopeless situation, didn't he? But to Jonah's credit, rather than die in that fish's belly, a rebel with a defiant heart... Jonah repented, and the Bible tells us that he turned his mind toward God. Look at verse 7 in chapter 2. Jonah chapter 2, verse 7. He says, As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. You guys have all heard, right, that there's no atheists in a foxhole in, during a war? Right when your life is was is in when in, your life is in danger, you know when your life is flashing before you. Humility and dis- desperation and prayers to God are a natural response. You know, last night I'm sh- have you guys did you guys all hear about the the helicopter crash? You know, Huntington Beach uh, helicopter went down last night. Um, about eight o'clock or so, it crashed in the. Uh, they fortunately were able to land in the waters of Newport Beach, but one officer was killed and the other one's in critical condition. And, and I haven't gotten, you know, uh, I've been in, involved in touch with Huntington Beach uh, Police Department in a, and uh, whatnot, trying to offer our support as a, a sister agency. But, I was, you know, you wonder what was happening in those final moments. These, you know, these, these, these helicopters, they were in pursuit. They were trying to provide aid to, uh, you know, to a particular call. And uh, all of a sudden, things started going hanky. And I would imagine, you know, I will hear the, what the, the box says, but I would imagine there was probably some, some chatter, you know, from the pilot saying, we're going down, we're going down, you know. And I wonder in that moment as, if it, as, as this, this, you know, in the, the chaos of, of that moment, did these, these two police officers, you know, the, the pilot and the observer, was it a desperation moment? Were there any prayers going up saying, God, pray for my family, pray for my loved ones, pray for my whomever? I don't know. Church, hear me closely on this. God's love targets the rebellious. And wherever you might be, And when you find yourself in those desperation moments and the rug is pulled out from underneath you and you find yourself in the pit of the belly of a hard situation, lift your eyes up to the Lord and know that even though you might be a rebel, 
I might be a rebel, God's eyes are on you. And no, also no, point number three in, in, in this is that God entrusts rebels like you and me with kingdom assignments. <clears throat> God entrusts rebels with kingdom assignments. Let's keep reading. Jonah chapter 2, verse 10. So then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. This time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took days, three days, to see it all. Let's stop there for a second. Aren't you glad that God gives us second chances? Aren't you glad that God's in the business of giving rebels do-overs? Well, Jonah apparently, you know, understands that, his, that God's love outshines his rebellion. And so he, he has his, his wake-up call, doesn't he? And after the fish spits him out and he lands on the beach and God's call comes again, this time, we're told, this time, when God says, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, I want you to preach this message that, that I'm giving you for the Babylonians, this time, the Bible says Jonah obeys. Reinforcing the truth that God is in the business of inviting rebels and giving rebels kingdom assignments. Friends, one of, the, one of the assignments that God gives you and me every day is just the invitation to love people. And, and you know, I, I often, we always talk about this around here at Palm Harvest, that God never wastes a mistake. And so the things that bring color to our life, you know, those past decisions and those past experiences that maybe would classify as, as rebels, those are the very things that will give us sort of the, the credibility, if you will, the street cred to, to reach the other people who might also be in that same situation. You know, and so if you've ever been homeless, you have a better understanding of how to reach people with the love of God to those who are in a homeless situation than those of us who maybe never have. If you've ever been a single parent, right? You have an, an empathy probably for single parents that those of us who never have been single can't. If you've ever lost a child, right? If you've ever lost a job, if you've ever lost a loved one to circumstances, you have an ability to touch people's lives. God uses rebels so don't, 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 you know, we talked about this last week. Don't let your, 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 you know, your past define you, but let your, your past sort of, you know, guide you to impact the other rebels who might also have that same life situation. I think it's important for us to emphasize this truth that God doesn't expect perfection. God doesn't demand that my life be baggage-free. God simply wants you and me to be obedient. And so I don't know where, where God might be inviting some of you to step out in faith right now. I don't know who God might be asking you to talk to. Or maybe just important, who God might be inviting you to forgive. You know, for some of you, I don't know who the Babylonians are in your life. 
You know, for those of us who don't have any Babylonians in our life, you're blessed. But the truth is, there's a lot of people that have Babylonians in their life. A lot of us have people in our life who maybe have wounded us or who have scarred us or scarred somebody that we, we know. Here's what I know. Is I know that God wants you to be a missionary. That God wants you to be available. We talk about that all the time. Just be available. Here's why. Point number four. It's because God, it's God who suffers or softens rebellious hearts. God softens hearts. I don't. My actions don't. But God does. God softens rebellious hearts. All right, go to chapter 3. Look at verse 4. Chapter 3, verse 4. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. And then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning. And everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind. Get that. He changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. So what do we see here? We see here that God changed the hearts of the Babylonians, didn't he? Even the wicked Babylonians, God chose to forgive. And guess who was not happy about it? Right? Guess who was not happy about the fact, who really was upset, not only that the Babylonians repented, but the fact that God would forgive them. You know, who is it? Jonah, right? Yes, Jonah obeyed God and went to Nineveh. Yes, Jonah preached. But Jonah is not happy about the Babylonians, one, asking for forgiveness, and two, God forgiving them. Because Jonah, as we talked about at the beginning, of this conversation. Jonah wanted the Babylonians destroyed. Look at verse 10, and then we'll wrap this conversation up again. So when God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. Next chapter. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say this before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That's why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew, and this is an, a, Bible under, a Bible verse to underline, I knew that you were merciful and compassionate, that you were a merciful and compassionate God, 
slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, he says. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I had predicted will not happen. Can you believe that? Yeah. Friends, Jonah's upset that God forgave the Babylonians. Any of you, I come back to this question. This is how we're going to land our conversation today. Any of you feel that same kind of contempt toward anybody? Let's personalize this story. Who are the Babylonians in your life? Who would you love to see squashed? Be honest, okay? Be honest with yourself. Is there anyone like that in your life? So here's how I want to close. I suspect that there's a strong chance that some of you, whether you're here on, in, in person or watching online, that some of you have been deeply wounded by another person. I think it's safe for me to say that because I've had years of experience dealing with people and I know people's stories. I suspect that there are some of you whether you're here in person or tuning online, some of you have been deeply violated and you've been scarred by another person. And for good reason, you have lots of emotion in your heart. No love in your heart for that individual. Here's my challenge. Here's my invitation. With God's help, will you let go of your bitterness. With God's help, will you ask God to not only soften your own heart, but also soften the heart of those who were the perpetrator? You know, in these closing moments, as David comes up, and we're going to move into a time of just reflective prayer, I invite you to, to spend some time focusing today on your own heart. Focus today on your own person. You know, will you consider inviting God to bring, continue to bring just more closure and more healing in your heart? Let go of that animosity you might have toward other people, regardless of how justified you might be in your feelings. Again, I recognize that I'm not talking to everybody here today, but I also recognize that some of us have been deeply wounded. And if you've been deeply wounded and you feel like Jonah, just understand you're in good company. Even the righteous, this is the prophet of God, even the righteous have animosity towards people. But God's love targets the rebellious. And we're all rebellious. We're all in the rebellious camp. You know, I've, I've talked about this before and I want to just remind you of this truth again, that the person we hurt most when we hold on to that anger is who? Ourself. A grumpy pastor Mike negatively impacts those around him. But a forgiving pastor Mike is a healthy pastor Mike. And if I can learn to let go and just let God, if I can learn to just trust Him 
and focus on thanking him for forgiving my own rebellion and just letting go of my anger and my disappointment and regrets and whatever else it might be. I just find that healing comes out of that. And I've come to learn that God targets the rebellious, not just me, but the people who maybe I might not be fans of. So trust that God's at work in, people, in, in people's hearts. But for again, I just encourage you right now, will you let God touch your own heart? And so in these closing moments, just encourage you to just take a deep breath. Hold it for a minute and just exhale. Kind of center down again. Take another deep breath. Hold it. Exhale. If you feel comfortable, put your hands out in front of you. And just pray this prayer in your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for forgiving my rebellion. And I pray, Father, that you would dissipate any emotion, negative emotion or energy I have towards you fill in the blank. If there's someone in your life that fits that category, you fill in the blank. God, I just release this relationship to you. And say, God, I pray that you would, in your mercy, even maybe I don't want to pray this, but I pray that you would work in the heart of this Babylonian, this person who represents the Babylonians in my life. I pray that you would touch their hearts, even as you touch the Babylonians in this Bible story. I want to be healthy. I want to be strong. So Holy Spirit, right now in this moment, refresh me strengthen me renew me it's in Jesus name that I pray everybody said amen thank you for listening to the Palm Harvest podcast we would love to get to know you so download the Palm Harvest app for free and fill out our connection card. Your continued support helps us spread hope around the world. You can also give in our app and find out more about our community.